you're listening to Art of the Flow. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Art of the Flow podcast. We are your weekly podcast that is dedicated to helping you run the most effective and efficient float center possible. Um, I am one of your hosts, uh, Lance Foss, and I'm coming out of Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, and I run the Float Shack. And as always, we are joined with uh, Amy Grimes of Float Nashville and Dylan Calm of the Float Shop. Um, and... Behind the scenes, our main man, Brian Van Pesky, is here. And today we also have part two of our uh, podcast with uh, John McKenzie. So uh, we're going to jump right into it this week and get right to uh, the meat of the topic. But before we get uh, deep into this episode with John McKenzie, um, we got to give a shout out to our OG original sponsor, Float Away. Uh, Dylan's going to take this one away. That's right. Thank you so much, Lance. I just want to give a shout out to Float Away, www.floataway.com, of course. They've been the sponsor since the beginning, as Lance mentioned, and they are a fantastic float tank manufacturer. Everything's built inside of the float tank, so you don't have your filtration equipment on the outside of the float tank. The filter itself is out of the out of the outside of the float tank as well, so any spillage or anything goes on the outside, and you can clean that up, which is nice as well. Uh, We've, like you mentioned, we own two of those float tanks. We're big fans. You can check them out at www.floataway.com. And of course, we also love Float Helm. Float Helm does, gosh, what doesn't Float Helm do? I think, <laughs> what did Amy say last week? They, uh, was it the kitchen sink or they don't cook the dinner for you? They didn't cook they my dinner. They don't. So I heard I they've been working on that though since they, okay. they, they heard the last podcast. So they okay. might be able to cook your dinner by now. Oh shoot! Yeah, there's a turnaround of the episode. Yeah, in the la- in the next 24 hours, they might actually cook your dinner for you as well, which is man, a lot of bang for your buck, you know. So you've got cooking your dinner, you've got uh, tracking the metrics of your float tank, um, you've got uh, project management, you've got employee um, scheduling, float tank scheduling. What am I missing here? I <laughs> I feel like it's impossible to list everything Helm does. Employee scheduling. Yeah, employee scheduling. They in do. There. They schedule anything you can schedule. It seems to do. Oh, uh, uh, it's very thorough. Um, documentation. So uh, keeping the documentation for your business, as we covered a couple episodes ago, is super important. Um, that can all be done right from inside Helm. Um, if you haven't met John yet, um, I please go back and listen to uh, one, some of the early episodes he's been in, or um, the last episode, which was episode 59. Um, John is a business coach of Amy and myself, actually, and uh, he runs the business training hub, and I've been working with him for just over a year now, so um, very exciting to get him here on the podcast and share his knowledge and expertise with the float world, because it's truly awesome. He is uh, he is a floater himself. He actually has a yearly membership to our float center. So it's pretty cool to have somebody uh, who's able to coach us, help us through, give us guidance, hold us accountable for things. Um, sort of be like, uh, I don't know, he, he's, he does a good job at, at uh, helping Matthew and I out. So um, without any, uh, any further ado, um, John McKenzie, welcome to... Uh, episode number three with you thanks Lance look forward to these yeah and tonight our main topic is going to be time management Um, this is something that 
Uh, I think we're always on a road to improve on. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, whether it's your personal life, you're a CEO of a billion-dollar corporation. Time management is a, a constant battle. And I really didn't understand what time management was um, when I was starting a business because I was going to build a float center in three months with uh, three guys, and we were going to do it ourselves. No construction experience. Uh, I think that's when I got my first uh, lesson of what time management was. Oh, that was all while working a full-time job, but um, time management. And uh, bringing John on, we've definitely had to uh, focus a lot on that. Um, And we've come a long ways with time management. Again, we uh, definitely have a lot to improve on. But you've come a long way. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say there. Time management. That's a. I got so many projects I'm trying to do, and there's 500 loose ends, and I can't find more time to finish those things. But I don't um, think Lance is the only one who feels that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are we? Is you he are the first alone. one to ever tell you that, John? No, no. First of all, time management. You can't really manage time. It's you management, hmm. really. So, and I, I've never had a client that didn't have issues with time. Really. So what I can do is I usually start by wrapping time management up into a little story. Um, and it's the story of the stones. I think maybe some of you have heard it. But basically, there's a, a, a master's class in business professor at the front of the room uh, reached down and brought up and put on his desk a, a large beaker, glass beaker. and um, And then he reached out and he picked up a bag of stones and put the stones in the beaker and he said, well, to the class, this is sort of a time management exercise. And the beaker was full of stones right to the top and he says, is this full? And the class just said, yes. He said, oh, really? Okay, and then he reached out and got another package of pebbles. And he put the pebbles in the beaker and shook it a bit and the pebbles all went down in the cracks and right to the top again. And he says, is it full now? And the class kind of looked at each other and said, maybe. (laughs) And he said, well, no, it's not. And he reached down and brought a bag of sand up and put the sand in the beaker and shook it and the sand was right up to the top. And he looked out at the class and he said, hmm, do you think it's full now? And the class just said, absolutely not. They didn't know what he was going to do, but absolutely not. So he reached down and got water, and he put the water in the beaker, and it was right to the top. And he said, full now. And they said, you bet. And he said, you're right. So what did we uh, learn? There's some physicists out there who disagree yeah. with that. Well, okay. it had okay. it, it, here, it, just, it had an inverted meniscus on the top. Whoa. But there you go. So. <laughs> wow. I was just drunk. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Please continue. <laughs> the, um, and he asked the class, what did they learn from that? And they said, you can always squeeze in more things. And he says, well, mm-hmm. is it? Consider if you don't put your big rocks in first, there'll never be any room for them. Mm-hmm. And your big rocks mm-hmm. are the priorities you have, the big priorities. And those are things like, uh, it could be anything from your goals to your health to, to causes you have. The big things in your life, if you don't address those first, there's no any room for them. Too many people focus on the sand and the water, the details. 
The reality is you should focus on the rocks and the pebbles, then down the road. Uh, and that's one thing I teach because uh, I see too many owners out there focusing on the really small things, the details of the world, and to tell you the truth, a lot of them don't matter. Um, so if you combine that story with, uh, uh, Brian Tracy wrote a book called Eat That Frog. And mm. I've got a sheet that I use uh, called Eat the Frog. And basically, um, eat the frog. So the story behind that is if you were told you had to eat a frog and you had a year to do it, the vast majority of people would leave it till the last day. <laughs> and that's called procrastination also. But also be really nervous as that last day came up and be more anxious mm. and more anxious and more anxious. And so my philosophy is just eat the damn frog right then and there and get it over with and watch everybody else suffer. Um, so the first thing on the sheet is eat the picture of a frog and eat the frog and you put in the one thing you have to do today or in the next two days that you really don't want to do, but you actually have to do. And how do you so hold yourself accountable to, to accomplishing that? Oh, um, well, it's a self thing, but <laughs> I've got a wife too. Uh, got it. Or, or get a business yeah. coach. I've got, I actually. Your business coach has a cattle prod. And, <laughs> but no it doesn't reach prod. the Nashville, yeah. thank here's, God. Here's yeah, one lucky. way of holding yourself accountable. If it's a big, if it's a big eat the frog thing, uh, mm -hmm. tell somebody about it. It's usually not, in, in my case, it's usually not. It's all the little things that add up for me. Okay, but it's... In, in, in case you wanted to know. Okay. But I usually like Well, to... did the little things matter? Are they things that matter? They do. They, they build up, yeah. And then they, they matter more and more. Or, uh, like, if it's an unresponded to email, then the relationship is damaged, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. the, um, mm. the second thing is I have tasks I have to do today. And there's about... That will help me progress my goals. Not anything else, the tasks that I have to do today that will help me with my goals. And then follow up on emails and things like that and then other tasks and projects in that order. So uh, the rock, pebbles, sand, water. And if, by the way, if you don't get all your tasks done, oh well, it's not that big a deal because you've done the one thing you really hate doing, you've done, tasks you have to do for your goals you follow it up on your emails I mean so I've got some clients using this and it works for them and I use this sometimes I don't and when I don't I get about three things done if I use these I get everything done so I start a week and if I don't have a list or don't use this kind of mm -hmm. format uh, and I've got ten things I have to do and I don't use it uh, Friday rolls around and I've got nine things to do. If I use it by noon on Monday, I'm done pretty much. That kind of thing. Right. So that really helps with the time management. Um, I also teach something called time blocking. So it's really interesting to do an audit on yourself. Take a week and Monday to Friday, you can include the weekend, but I do Monday to Friday and on Excel spreadsheet even, and do it uh, each day within half hour increments. Um, and you start at seven and end at eight or whatever time you want, because some people get up and exercise and you block off time to accomplish things. First of all, you can do an audit on what you actually do now. 
and that's frightening. I've never seen an audit where we couldn't get at least a 30% increase. At least. Wow. And, so, and most times, it's 40 to 50 I did yeah. one recently. It was the most depressing thing I've ever done. <laughs> you mentioned that on, on a previous show. It's awful. Yeah, that is so funny. So when where, you, where did you find the holes were? Like when when you're sinking oh. up that where there's 50% or Amy, I'm sure is only the 30%. Where where are those oh, gaps? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, John, where do people oh. usually find those gaps? Uh, what they, what do you they, think is or what do you see? People think they're doing a lot of stuff. But when they actually write it down in half-hour increments, it, it, there's huge gaps in it because I, what did I really do? You know, I, okay, I took the dog for a walk from 7.30 to 9. He didn't. <laughs> um, I got up, I exercised, <laughs> I ate dog. breakfast, I did all And when you add it all up, it, it doesn't, it just, there's huge holes in it. Uh, huh. Getting from one to another, for instance, getting from one task to another, you always right. yeah. just, I don't do much on time blocking less than an hour because it takes you about 20 minutes to stop and start something new and get organized. <laughs> so I'll allocate, um, I also allocate all my client times, but all my times that I, uh, all the work I do as a, a precursor to the meeting, I allocate blocking times for that, usually the evening before or the afternoon before. Um, even marketing, um, anything like that. I sit on boards, so I've got board time. So I allocate basically a week. And I also allocate free time, and I also allocate family time. Uh, because if you don't do it, it won't get done. I, I make an appointment to go and see some of the grandkids. I've got date night with two of the girls. That's scary. But I allocate time for it, so it actually gets done. Um, so that's time blocking. And if you look at, there's marketing, um, there's all kinds of issues in a business you just have to do. There's, there's bookkeeping slash accounting. Uh, there's reviewing your KPIs, all that stuff. So I time block that. And you can have free time, but uh, once you start time blocking it, um, it actually tends to get done. So Can I ask a greedy question? Sure. And I, I know I'm just throwing a wrench into this, but with, with a newborn, mm -hmm. like so with, some, with an element that's adding uh, a lack of predictability into the mix, yep. How do I time block right now? Uh, if you don't time block, nothing will get done. If you time block, some things will get done, but there's priorities, right? Okay. So let's say okay. you allocate a, an hour for, well, you're on the broad, you're on the podcast. Right. So that's yeah. part mm -hmm. of time blocking. Um, I was flying into the parking yeah, lot from the, exactly. from the last minute trip to the store that <laughs> um, I got here. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you could time block and if something happens, but you time block times where you will look after this child. And your wife will look mm -hmm. after, but there are exceptions. Okay, there are exceptions. But some things will get done, but if you don't time block or schedule your time, almost nothing will get done. Because there's always something to take its place. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, I'm nodding my head vigorously to our <laughs> listeners, just so you know, like, yes, I'm, I'm with you. Cool, that's great. So those are, those are the hints I use, or the things I use for... Um, for time management. I've also got a key to time management sheet. Sometimes I give out uh, basic premises, except that you will never be able to do everything you want because it's just too much to do. The purpose, <laughs> Isn't that the truth? The driving force behind managing your time is to accomplish your ultimate goals. Right. 
Uh, four skills you need, analysis, planning, delegation, and self-management. The process is what to do. Spend your time doing what is key to the success of your business. Uh, work on tasks that can only be done effectively by you. Do not do the $12 an hour jobs. You're doing mm -hmm. the owner's jobs, so the $100 true. an hour jobs. Um, when to do it, plan your time, organize your work schedule, time blocking. Uh, how to do it, uh, create a template schedule every day, that's time blocking. Um, what else is there? Uh, how to, the key is efficient use of time planning, work from lists. Amy is a list queen. Uh, <laughs> That's actually her middle yeah. name. And yes, Amy, the yeah. list grind. Make a list. That's true. And here's, my parents. Here's how you cheat to make yourself feel really good. Make a list after you've done the first two or three things and write them down and check them off. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, planning. Planning. Uh, plan. Uh, do it in advance. Like I do the evening before plan for the next day because when you show up for work, um, life happens. Right. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. For motivation, put on as much on your list as you can. Moment, momentum is really important. But don't mm. put too much on there. That you're going to depress yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for major, for effectiveness, major projects should be planned over time periods with other activities interspersed. I like to use that inexpensive project management. Like there's Basecamp. There's a few other project management um, Things you can even get free project management things that give you Gantt charts for projects. Um, that's true. Uh, da, da, da. Start now, step by step. Do the toughest things first. Stop. Pro do the toughest things first. Eat the frog. Stop procrastination. Yeah. That's a big thing. You'll feel good. Um, and delegate. Delegate your uh, include your schedule time to oversee, train, and review reports work. When you delegate, uh, it depends on the uh, the disc we're going to talk about in another episode. Helps you with your personality style, teaches you how to delegate to other personalities. Um, but based on experience and everything else, when you delegate something, uh, if they're really uh, new to the job and don't have much knowledge, you almost, almost have to micromanage for a while. But I find if you've got more than two or three employees, supply that new person with a mentor that actually does the job also. Mm -hmm. It's reports back to you. Those are the people that'll be able to evaluate better because you're not there all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, cool. and that's, if I mm -hmm. can interrupt that, that kind of goes to a throwback to our last episode where you were talking about documentation. If your documentation is tight, then uh, yeah, you, mm -hmm. you've got a, you've got a backup. You've got a way to train and uh, yes, it works absolutely. out beautifully. And that's, yeah, like you said, minimizing the phone calls too. When it's tight like that, um, something does go wrong and you have that down to manual. If there's, you know, a leak to have a step-by-step -step in your manual, what to do, they're not going to be calling you. They're going to tackle it themselves because even if they do have that question, they can refer back to that manual. So, you know, that manual helps a lot with time management. It does. That's a huge part of it. Part of the phone calls are to cover your ass phone calls, right? They know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> they just right, don't want to get in trouble if something goes wrong. The bottom line is, if you schedule on importance, not <laughs> urgency, so the urgent will almost never occur. Truth, truth. So, time management, the biggest issue we all have. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. If I, I was gonna say one of the things that worked really well for Mark and I, one of the things that we finally, I finally got him back to doing. It took it took a little bit of time, but um, uh, we actually combined a few of the things that you mentioned, John, and it also helps with um, with having someone to to be accountable to Dylan is that we have Sunday summits where we say, okay, this is only going to take 30 minutes, no more, no less. And in that 30 minutes, we discuss what's priority this week. We each make, okay, what are the three, what is the one thing that we are going to get done this week? No matter what, what are the three uh, tasks that are important that we get done? And we discuss that briefly. And then next week we can review what we did or what we didn't do put move whatever we need to onto this coming week and it just keeps going on and on and it's brief (laughs) we have to keep it small i used to let it go on too long Mm -hmm. but if we keep it brief and we keep that time management uh (laughs) going um we come with an agenda it works out really beautifully and i have an accountability partner cool that's great we're working on it and i talk to mark (laughs) every week (laughs) 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 you lucky dog (laughs) nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you remind him of that that we set in this uh, in this current review, uh, this annual review that we are doing? We're going back to Sunday summits. Got to remind him, smack him around for me a little a bit, bit, a bit. Virtually, but he said just a bit. He in, he enjoyed that um, planning <laughs> session. Smacking around. Oh, oh he uh, sat there. He said, oh, oh, sat there for eight the hours. Annual review. Yeah, that's true. The annual review. He did fantastic. <laughs> good job, Mark. Good, good, good job, Mark. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's all really, really good stuff, and it is nice to have that accountability mm-hmm. partner. Yeah, everybody should have one. With you. Um, and everybody cool. should have one. Cool. Don't um, if there isn't one, make them, because what you can do is if you have things you need to do, announce them. Tell everybody, and that way people will start to ask you, "How'd that go?" <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, interesting. That's that's such a fundamental block of AA and NA, or just I think anything that ends with an A, anything anonymous, is having a sponsor, having somebody who's gonna uh, be there for you and also keep you accountable as yeah. well. That's it's funny. We we all need somebody to keep us accountable. We do. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, <clears throat> really big thing I've come to learn in the float center um, for time management is getting organized and labeling things. So sometimes you may be in the same storage room or the same laundry room every single day. You oversee things. You know, the dust balls get get collecting up in the corners. Old bottles that don't really work that need to be fixed are, you know, shoved there behind the paper towel, and things build up. And we often overlook that. So it's good to, to step into some of these places where we spend a lot of time. Um, that that time there should really be productive time. And it may seem overwhelming, but if you strip um, a whole room apart like that and you clean everything up, you get rid of the stuff you haven't used in one year, put it in a box, put it somewhere else if you think you may need it, get it out of the way, purchase a label maker. I got one from a thrift store for like three ninety nine, and I use it every day at the business brother pizza um, yeah yeah exactly i got the same one nice. represent <laughs> and and label things label where they go put sections for stuff and then and then when you know you need a bottle or you need a certain cleaner or you need a scrub brush it's at that location put some screws in the wall hang some shelves hang some brackets for for you know hanging things so they're 
Um, I learned that as being a mechanic, tools that are really accessible that you that you use all the time, you put them in the most convenient place. And stuff that you use um, least often, put it lower, put it further back. And all your spray bottles, all your you know cleaning rags, everything should be right there, easy to identify, easy to grab. Um, we're constantly trying to improve our workflow and um, and trying to increase increase productivity that way. I know. Um, working as a mechanic, I worked for a huge corporation, big oil field comp- company, and they had this program where it was called a lean program, where we basically had to reevaluate everything we do in our workplace. And um, it, imagine a giant workshop where you're working on maybe 20 pieces of equipment, maybe 30 different mechanics, tools everywhere, boxes everywhere. And we basically had to overlook the whole shop and create an action plan to make it more efficient. And we'd actually go to the point of counting our steps on, on to get places. So if we needed, if we were working on a truck, we needed to use the grinder, it would be 150 steps to the grinder here, 150 steps back. That's about, I don't know, a minute and a half of walking. Okay, and then uh, you need to go, you know, wash your hands because you're covered in some stuff. You got to go to the sink that's 250 steps that way and that and then you do that for every single task you do and um you add that all up sort of like time blocking but you're finding the useless time and then we found it was more efficient to buy maybe three or four bench grinders and put them even closer put another sink closer eventually where all our tools was around us it may cost more to buy those tools or to put the shelving there or do those steps needed to get there it may cost a lot but over time, that adds up to pay off. If, if you're walking back and forth across your business to do, um, you know, to grab your cleaning bottle and your rags, you're running back and forth in between floats when you only have 15, 20 minutes to clean up, every minute counts. We've talked about this. So, so really reevaluating your workplace, adding some shelves, adding some, some brackets to make things more efficient, and you'll be amazed at how much how much time you can squeeze out of out of your day that may seem so precious just by just by making things more efficient especially like you've heard me talk about in the podcast before not only labeling i love labeling things but color coding people love like colors like for us each employee has a highlighter that's their color so if they do something they can just highlight it with their color we know who did it there's no not even a signature not even a initial anything like that it's just Things like that. It can make things so efficient in the workplace. And, um, That's cool. That's yeah, very something cool. Something I've learned from time management. Sorry I went on a big rant okay. there. But, uh, you brought up something really interesting rant. is the color coding. Uh, your short-term memory um, is very rational, math-based. Uh, your creative side, the right side, is um, arts, science. But what it is also... You, your long-term memory is over there, short-term memory is on the left side. So right side, to get things over to the right side, color coding works for long-term memory. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways of remembering things is mm-hmm. color code them. And that's why. Yeah, I use all sorts of things. Our eggs are color coded. Our blue bottles are vinegar and water. Our red bottles are hydrogen peroxide. Like things like that. You're not, they're all labeled and clearly identified on the label, but that color coat, you know, that's, it's so quick mm-hmm. and so easy. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's, that's a good point with the memory thing. That's awesome. Yep. I've got one client talking about heavy duty mechanics that isn't mm-hmm. at that 
counting steps stage yet. You just have to put his tools away. We're working on that. That's what I'm, oof, that's been a five years in the making. It used to be Sandra so upset, all the tools around, and now it's employees upset, the tools are around, or our LMTs are upset that I've got a project in the break room going on. Uh, yeah, I, and then, yeah, anyway. But delegation, as you mentioned in our previous episode, mm-hmm. is an important one. It is. If I delegate somebody else to clean it, uh, that can be nice, although they don't necessarily feel good about it. So we're, we're getting there. We're figuring it out. Is there anything else you want to add about uh, time management before we wrap up? Me? Uh, no, I think we yeah. covered the basics anyways. Do, cool. you, do you know, for just from passing or anything, do you know anybody that sells time or leases time, anything like that? Can I buy some more time is what Pretty I'm cool. trying to get? Can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Buy a bigger glass to put those stones and sand in would be nice. Yeah. You know, surveying, our, surveying clients who have only floated once after giving them a call back or sending an email, and we ask them, why, why haven't you come back? And, you know, the biggest answer is usually time. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't have the time. So I've, I'd love to be able to be a retailer for time. Um, maybe I'll, I'll try and find a way to do that. Seems to be an open market if I can sell time. So well, there's something called quantum physics. So keep that in <laughs> now mind. Now we're talking. All right, on to the third episode here, guys. Tom McKenzie, quantum physics and float yeah, right. centers. We'll see you next week. Quantum physics. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Well, thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure being able to talk to you so much in one week. I know how much I value my time when I'm uh, in a meeting with you. Um, Exciting enough, we have part three coming up, and um, part three is going to be a good one. We've spoke about it um, these past two uh, episodes here, and we're going to be going over personalities and what we call discs, and maybe uh, even what we call alignments, which has probably been one of the most important things um, Matthew and I, I believe, we have ever done with uh, the float check. So um, hope you hope you enjoyed these uh, last couple episodes we've got in. Um, as always, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Art of the Float or our website at www.artofthefloat.com. And I don't got a fancy sign-off note like Dylan. I'm not that... Uh, it took I'm, me a I'm, year. It's all right. It took him right. a year, but I'm just going to say... Thanks, everyone. Until next time, catch you later. You're listening to Art of the Float. 